When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast, where we explore all things related to motherhood, from career and relationships to parenting and wellness. Join me, Nina Spears, your baby expert and host, as we dive into topics that matter to mothers, share personal stories and insights, and interview experts and parents who can provide valuable advice and perspectives. Whether you're a first-time mom just starting out or a seasoned pro, we've got you covered. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and let's Chick Chat. Hey guys, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today we have Chef Catherine McCord with us. Catherine is the founder of the popular website Weelicious.com and the family food brand One Potato. She's the author of Smoothie Project, Weelicious Lunches, and Meal Prep Magic, her latest book. Catherine has appeared on the Today Show, Good Morning America, The Kelly Clarkson Show, and is a regular on the NBC Emmy award-winning show, Danny Sayo Naturally, as well as Food Network's number one rated Guy's Grocery Games, the Triple G. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and three children and has earned the trust of parents everywhere, including some familiar names such as Jennifer Garner and the pioneer woman, Ree Drummond. In this episode, we will be chatting with Catherine about all things motherhood and how to navigate the kitchen and feed your family with less stress. So let's get started and learn more. Hello, Catherine. Thank you so much for being on our show. We are just thrilled to have you here. I am thrilled to be here. Gosh. And I feel like our listeners, they're moms, they're either expecting, they have little ones, but if they're not familiar with your story, we'd love to learn a little bit about you. That's how we start each episode. Can you please tell us, Catherine, about you, your background, and how you ended up where you are today? In a third career, I went to culinary school and you know, worked in restaurants between New York and Los Angeles for many years. Then I had my son and I realized you know, I could cook a four-star meal, but I had no idea how to feed a baby, what to feed a baby, when to feed a baby, and definitely didn't know that having a child meant 21 meals a week per child for 18 years. Weelicious is my company. I've had it for 16 years, and it really is just how to make a kid a great eater from day one while making cooking easy for parents. Which I think every parent is like, yes, sign me up. I need to know her tips and all of that jazz. So let's get started. I'd love to learn more about also like your journey as a mom and how that played a role into creating Weelicious. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when I when I look at food sort of as a whole and how demanding it is on parents, Weelicious has been sort of a science project of my three children where, you know, I've always cooked all of these very like farmer's fresh, real food recipes and just trying to see how to make my kids great eaters. But like, what are the strategies? What are the hot tips? How do you make cooking easier? What are the hacks? And how do parents pull it off because I do think it's like a very intense, never-ending job for parents. 
Yes. Cause I mean, they're always hungry. Like people do not tell you, they just are always hungry. <laughs> I'm like, it should be a manual. You know, I think you have kids and you're like, I can't wait to have a baby. I'm so excited. But there's like these things. And I, I'm sure that's why we all have our favorite mom friends or our favorite influencers or professionals, doctors, whatever, who we lean on. But there was definitely like a laundry list of things I wish I had known before. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And you're that mama. Hopefully we don't need to be chefs like you, Catherine, to be able to <laughs> get these tips going. But I, as you said, I think also preparing meals can be just a major stress point for so many parents. Like, what will my family actually eat that has good nutritional value and won't take me hours to cook in the kitchen? So Catherine, like, what are your tips for not feeling overwhelmed in the kitchen? Well, I mean, meal prepping is a huge one for me. So really knowing that on Sundays I go to the farmer's market, I come home, I clean out my refrigerator, kind of reorganize it, rebalance it. And then I'll cook listening to like a podcast like this, some music, talk to a friend. And I just cook for an hour or two and just get the basics. I think that once you know what your family really loves, leans into the kind of foods that are simple for you, that can kind of mix and match... So I'll make roast vegetables, like a big whole air fried chicken, some brown rice, some pasta. And then that way over the next few days, it's not this like, you know, like, oh God, I need to order in or I don't have anything cooked. You want to just make sure you have a few things that you know that everyone in your family enjoys. Yes. I think, and that just comes with, I think, experimenting. Is that what you did in the beginning when you started your family? A hundred percent. I mean, it's, you know, look, I have three children that are very different eaters. And I always say like, how did they all grow up in the same house eating the same food? And yet they all have, you know, different feelings about it. I mean, I'm, I will say my science experiment worked for the most part because they all will eat almost anything. And that's been really lucky. But like my son is a vegetarian and he became a vegetarian on his own when he was five years old. And no one else is a vegetarian except for him, but like he really like feed in the sand. That's just been like a no, a non-negotiable. So then there's that. So then my husband's gluten-free. I think that for families, especially when it comes to food allergies, sensitivities, things that you, preferences, things you really enjoy. One of the recommendations that I always make is, especially when your kids are a little bit older and even a little bit older can be two and a half, three years old, because we, we know that giving kids choices, like that kind of a two choice method, would you rather have carrots or celery, apples or bananas? But I suggest making a list, interviewing everyone in your family, write down the top 10 foods they love and always keep those on hand because then you know you can kind of like mix and match you know if it's eggs mozzarella cheese and tortillas you can always ma- make you know a a quesadilla you can make an, an omelet with cheese you can make you know it, the, it it's endless what you can do with just the simplest of ingredients so true. But my son would be like, oh, I like ice cream, goldfish. <laughs> like, you know, I would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Actually, you missed the point of the assignment. Cool. <laughs> and with the parameters of that list, I'll be like, name a vegetable, name a fruit, name a whole grain. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I love it. And 
I think that every parent, I, they love the idea of meal prepping, but then they get overwhelmed with the thought of, oh my goodness, I have to prepare all of these meals. This is going to be my entire Sunday. What do you tell, what do you say to those parents? Don't do that. Don't <laughs> starting with. So, you know, th- I wrote um, Meal Prep Magic just for that reason. It's my fourth cookbook. And it really came out of the pandemic for me where I was like trapped at home three meals a day. We couldn't really order in. And uh, I needed to make things with really what we had on hand. So it's figuring out, like, are you a theme family? Are you a Taco Tuesday, a Pizza Friday? And by the way, that's okay. If you're like, those are my five days a week, I know exactly like the routine. So getting into a routine of what your family really enjoys, what meals can kind of stretch, either stretch your budget, stretch your time, turn into one, two, three things, and just making them simple for you. Maybe, look, maybe you don't like to mise en place and you don't like to prep. You know, I come from like a chef mindset, but that you that is okay to go to the grocery and buy pre-chopped onions. If that's, if that's a hard pass for you, that way you just dump them right in and you go. So just figuring out like what, you know, are you a spaghetti family? Is steamed broccoli the one vegetable your entire family eats? And can you just buy frozen? So you just have to defrost it, that you don't have to cut anything up. Like there's no shame in any game of getting dinner on the table in the way that it works for you. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that to all of the parents out there, including myself, who was like, wait a second, what am I making for dinner tonight? (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. Like, I mean, broiled salmon, like salmon, salt, done. You know, same thing. Understand, like keep it simple because especially a lot of children, they do have sort of a lot of rules about foods not touching or sauce on the side or whatever it is. So if you do make it really simple, um, that's okay. But I also encourage people to always try to try a new fruit or vegetable, whether you grow it, whether you get it at the farmer's market, let your playing games at the grocery, you can pick one fruit or one vegetable and let's learn about it. How did it grow? What does it do in my body? Does it have, you know, vitamin C? What does that do? So really, I think a lot of kids put up that kind of, I always call it the like invisible middle finger where they're like, I'm not going to eat it. Some of that is just, it's a power play. It's psychological. So when you can include kids, make them active participants versus passive participants, they're more likely to get excited about the food they're going to eat. That's so true. I have found that when children are an active participant in making the food that you are setting on the table, they are more likely to eat it rather than, oh, what did mommy make? What did daddy make? Oh, mm, no, this doesn't look that great. Never mind. It's really easy when your kids are in the kitchen and they want to help and you're like, I, I'm busy or we've got, you know, we've got to hurry. But sometimes giving them the smallest little jobs, a kid's safe knife, a cutting board, like a cucumber, I, I will tell you like eight, nine t- out of 10 times, you'll look to your right and, you know, your child is literally like chopping, eating, chopping, eating, let them put a little salt, let them pick a favorite spice to sprinkle on. It's just they really want to be part of what you're doing. And I find it to be a real win-win. 
That is such a great tip. Oh gosh, Catherine, thank you for sharing that. And now I need to know, like, what are some of your personal cooking tips that you use every day in your kitchen? Well, I think the biggest one that I'm hearing lately and I'm feeling deeply is food safety, food waste, because I think food is more expensive now than it has ever been. And we're really trying to stretch, like stretch ingredients, stretch dollars. So when I buy food, it's the way that I store it. So when I, when I bring my like food home, putting my apples, even like as soon as an avocado is in a little bit soft, it goes right in the refrigerator and don't want it on the counter. Don't put your bananas near your avocados because it'll make them both ripen too fast. Mm-hmm. But if you want them to ripe fast, you can put them next to each other. But making sure that, you know, if you, it's, you know, for summertime that your melons, your watermelon, your cantaloupe, you're washing them really because they're like little germ sponges. So every time you cut through them, you're going to get bacteria into the flesh. So we don't want that. So it's all of these little things that I feel like, you know, you feel better about yourself when you're not throwing away food and really utilizing every last bite. Absolutely. I'm of the mindset of like, oh, I don't like to waste this. I guess it's also just the generation that I grew up in. You need to finish what's on your plate, that sort of thing. (laughs) Because our parents, you know, grew up with parents from the, you know, from the Great Depression and had to like save every little thing. So now we all have complexes of uh, finishing the food on your plate. But I do have, I'm a lot better now with my children, like listen to your body. But at the same time, we're not just going to eat, you know, fruit snacks and and goldfish all day. (laughs) But, but yeah, that's, that's such a really helpful thing to, to remind parents of. I like what you just said also, because it, what it brings up for me is knowing your child and especially their appetite and knowing that some kids it's twofold for younger kids, especially when they're like two, two and a half. And we're sitting there like, why is Timmy not eating everything? What Timmy you need to eat. But then like little ones, they don't know their digestive system very well. And often, you know, they, if they get constipated, they don't want to eat. We get into a, you know, you don't feel good maybe about what you made, even though that has nothing to do with it. So really just like listening to your child, communicating, do you need to go to the bathroom? Like, do you want some like more water to help you pass food through? And it's things like that. And, and as you're watching your older children and are they smaller eaters? Are they bigger eaters? You can always put more food on your child's plate, but you know, having like, I love that you said that, like you don't want to have too much food on the plate because for a lot of kids, it's very visually overwhelming. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. It's overwhelming for me. And I'm like, okay, I get I'm from Texas, but like, let's (laughs) slow it down now. Okay. Okay. Catherine, what are some of the ingredients that you just always have stocked 
in your in your kitchen? For our family, we always have eggs. There is a dozen eggs at all times because a frittata is like my 20-minute meal. You can add any leftover vegetables or meats or anything you want into it. We always have canned beans because I can make like a Mediterranean chopped salad. I can make hummus. I, I make chickpeas in the air fryer that are like crispy, crunchy, and absolutely delicious. We always have chicken or salmon in the refrigerator or freezer. You know, I, th- I think that it's like the bait, like a, there is some sort of bread or pasta there, you know, and I would say that like, if you're trying to save money, really leaning into your pantry, making sure you always have rice or beans or tuna fish or things that don't cost a lot, but they can be in there for months at a time. Yeah, that's such a great tip. Oh, man. And for all of you guys listening in her latest, her fourth cookbook, you literally write out like everything on the back. I was like, oh, wow, she shared what is stocked in her pantry and her fridge. So that is so helpful because sometimes when, especially if you are just getting started of like, okay, I just had a baby. I now have to really feed this family. This is my new role where do I get, how do I get started? Where, what do I need? What are some things to try out? It can feel overwhelming. So knowing like, oh, this just literally has a list is really cool. Yeah. It's important. That's and again, going back to like interview your family, you know, you can all take a trip to the grocery. I think that, you know, there are probably more foods that we all have those comfort foods. Maybe it's what our parents made for us, but think about even going out to eat. Like, what do you really love? What do you look at as a go out splurge and see if there is a version that's, you know, maybe it's gyoza and maybe you can go to Trader Joe's and buy it, you know, for a dime. And that's fine too. Everything does not have to be a homemade meal, you know, 21 times a week. Yeah, no, I thank you for giving us that permission right now, Catherine, because that is just unrealistic for myself, at least. Utilize <laughs> your freezer. Anytime you make lasagna, double it so that you have one ready to go in the freezer or for a friend who's having a baby. Oh, yes, such a great tip. Okay, Catherine, I now know you have definitely talked about this picky eaters. We all have at least one. Do you? Do you have one of those? No. Gosh, man, she lucked out. Of course the chef does. <laughs> having said that, no, but you know what I mean? It would be pretty bad if I if I did. But, you know, I think that we, but it's also that I put like a lot of time and energy into this over the years. But having said that, like, it's actually not, I've tried to not put energy into it. And I think that that helps a lot too. But, you know, my kids have always seen me excited to try different foods and they see how passionate I am. So they're like, I guess it's okay to eat this thing. You know, we make games out of eating it, but you know, they each, they each have like one or two things that they're like, "Eh, I don't know if I love that, but they sometimes just trying them on a vacation or a favorite aunt who's cooking for that. Like sometimes it just takes not being at home to like loosen up some of that pickiness. I like that. Changing the atmosphere a little bit, not making so monotonous. That's a really good one. Well, that makes me feel a little a little worse because I do have a picky eater. So I need to know what are your tips for overcoming this hurdle with kids when you do have a picky eater? Granted, mine is two years old. So she's learning to say like, oh, I can actually say no to you. <laughs> it's her favorite word. 
you know what? That's very on brand for two-year-olds and that's okay. I think that it does change. I see it with, you know, my kids when they were young, like little, little, like spicy was like the death. But now like all, even my seven-year-old like wants jalapenos and like all the spicy foods. I think that it really comes down to choice for kids because we tell our, these kids like where they're going to school, what where the, what they're going to wear, who their friends are going to be. Like they have so little choice. So as I said earlier, we do. I've always done a lot of the two choice method, making sure that like two choices they like, but it's two choices that work for you, and you know, really getting them involved in cooking, going to a you pick farm or a farmer's market because farmers are the most like, please try this. They love offering kids samples and, you know, really empowering your kid, like high five, you ate that. You're awesome. I think that, you know, they want to feel good and connected to their parents. And if they don't like it, instead of being like shaming the child for it, being like, you tried, you tried. That was great. We'll try again another day. I mean, for even younger kids, sort of like off of what used to be called, considered the four-day wait rule, which was like, let's try different things for allergies. I like to use that as like day one when it's like, Bleh, and day two, like Bleh, day three, and day four, like, oh, I like it. So, you know, doing it like that, or if it's broccoli, like steam broccoli, try roast broccoli, try broccoli with brags or soy sauce dipped in hummus, like you're going to like it one way or another. It's just figuring how do you get to liking it? Oh, I like that idea of presenting it in a different way. It's the same ingredient, but prepared a different way, maybe a different sauce, a different, I I love that. That is definitely something I'm going to try. It's worked for me time and time again. And another one is like with things like Bragg's, which is amino acids, it tastes just like soy sauce. They sell it in a pump version. And so especially when your younger children are working on their fine motors, they love to spray stuff. I mean, they love to shake stuff and spray stuff. So allowing them to put like two or three pieces of a vegetable on their plate and like use their little finger to try to pump some of the spritz, like spritz it or sprinkle it, it goes a long way in the kind of entertainment value of it. There you go. Make it fun. Bring them in. I think that that's definitely the thing is, I think a lot of parents though, they're like, oh, but if I just do it, it'll go so much faster (laughs) And, and dinner will be on the table like 30 minutes earlier. But if I incorporate you, we're going to take an hour to do something that really shouldn't take that long. And you know what, instead of getting your child like on the iPad or like trying or someone watching them, whatever, like really pulling up a seat, maybe it's going to make a little mess at first, but if they are, you know, let's try this. If you can engage them and talk through what you're doing and why you're doing it again, it's just like really including kids as much as possible. I mean, believe me, my seven-year-old, like as soon as I start cooking, she's like, I'm going to make a salad too. And she's behind me. And can I borrow this? And I just sometimes like try to Zen it, but she really like, I'll then see her eating some 12 ingredient crazy salad she's made and she'll sit there and eat it. And I'm like, well, if that's the win, it was, it's worth it. Totally. Oh yeah. That's definitely a great win. Oh, I love it. Now, We know you're a busy mama, Catherine. So what are your go-to recipes for just those really busy nights when you just don't have a lot of time to prepare a meal? 
You know, it depends on what ingredient I have in my kitchen. As I said, we're big on frittatas. I do, they're on Wheelicious. There's a recipe called No Work Chicken. It's like soy sauce, Dijon, monastery, honey. It's so simple, but it has very little cleanup. And, and I also love anything that is like in one, ca- one cast iron pan, like a lasagna in a cast iron pan, an air fried chicken, things that like are just simple whole ingredients or like a sheet pan where I can just dump like a ton of vegetables, whatever protein I have, whether it's a, a you know, a sauce or kind of an herb concoction, one of the cookbooks or from Wheelicious, but like sheet pan. So you're like, I have one dish to clean. It only took 25 to 30 minutes. It's just like real easy. Um, and I always say like, like lean into your freezer. So whatever, you know, we said it earlier, double what you're making because even breakfast, which is such a busy meal for our family, we usually make smoothies, but then I'll also keep I always freeze waffles and pancakes and I'll just pop them in the toaster and they're like ready to go. So those are good ones. Those are good ones. Oh my gosh. And now we need to know, have you ever had a cooking or kitchen fail? Um, probably. I guess I'm like, uh, uh, I can't think of anything in recent days, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that it's, it's happened. I, I, I did catch a towel on fire the other day. I don't know if that's like a culinary thing. Hey, there you go. Almost setting my kitchen on fire. (laughs) It humanizes you, Catherine. Come on. We just are like, okay, she can set a towel on fire. We all go through those times. It's fine. It happens. (laughs) And meals are such like a wonderful way to just bring the family together. We truly believe. Does your family have any mealtime traditions? Oh, we have tons of traditions. We, you know, especially when my kids were younger, we used to play the machine game. So we'd take turns thinking of a machine in our house and each of us would take turns guessing what that machine was. And it's so funny. I redid it with my daughter the other day. It was just the two of us having dinner. And I watched her from being a little fidgety when we sat down to her, like just like eating and thinking. And it was just so great because it reminded me of just how important it is to engage your kids. And we always, like, we try to have meal time. We cook dinner at home six nights a week and try to eat together those six nights. So we'll all take turns going around the table saying one thing that made us happy that day or one thing that we did. So, you know, I have kids that are 16, 14 and seven years old. So vast age differences. So it's, it's nice to just be heard and to listen to. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's, that's actually my favorite part is being able to really enjoy the, the foods of your labor, but then also watch your family enjoy it or not enjoy it and <laughs> talk and talk about their day and creating that memory. I think it's is so special, but it's really cool. I love hearing about that game um, that you guys do. So very cool. Do your children enjoy joining you in the kitchen? You say your daughter likes to do that. You say you've been you know, you've tried it, you've gotten them in the kitchen to get them more f- familiar now that they're a little older. Is that, do they like joining you or they're like, nah, I'm cool now. I don't know if the word's joining. They're like, I mean, my older kids just go in and make meals. It's during the pandemic, I realized because we were all home together nonstop. And I realized like, if I'm going to give my kids any gift as they move into their own 
independent life at some point, they need to learn how to do their own laundry and they need to be able to cook five to 10 dishes. Yes. So now all, right? Like I, I, I dread the idea of like my kids being like, what am I supposed to eat? My mom cooked everything. I never learned. So they all, they, my older kids taught themselves how to make a ton of different dishes over over the pandemic and that really paid off. So they they love it. I mean, I had over I had a dinner party on Tuesday night and my daughter um she was like, "Oh, I'll help you with everything." And she was just like making the salad and we made, you know, and we made a pest a broccoli pesto and you know, she was like she I let her be creative. I was like, "What do you want to put in it?" So, it's fun. It's that like, you so know, Cooking is like art and I, we have to remember that it's just edible art. It's very, it's very quickly gratifying. So it makes it fun if everyone can be part of the creative process. Yes. Oh, that's so great. That's awesome that you've taught or that they've taught themselves or whatever it is. You've inspired them to learn all of those different recipes because that is so true. Can I tell you how many men that I saw in college dorms not knowing how to cook a meal? And I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? (laughs) You can run a Fortune 500 company, but you don't know how to make an egg. Like there's a problem here. We have to we kind of this generation missed like home ec and just like the cooking basics. So I do think that the Food Network and other you know TV networks, production companies have made cooking more fun for kids and much more engaging. So you know it's it's actually cool. And TikTok. I mean, my kids will come in and be like, "Have you done this yet?" I'm like, "No, I hadn't seen that." So they're 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 always wanting to you know try new different things. Oh, that's so cool. And Catherine, now we want to know a little bit more about like your motherhood life. You know, being a working mom can be really tough. For you, what are the hardest parts about being a mother and an entrepreneur and how do you balance it all? You know, I I think that you have to, especially when you own your own company and you don't get just the nine to five. So, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I try to just like quickly empty my inbox so that that sort of stress is off of me because I love the pickups and the drop-offs and making the lunches and, you know, cooking. And someone gave me great advice many years ago. It's like, if you can be in a car with your child, do it. Cause that's the one time they're strapped in and they, you know, they have to like talk to you and engage with you. And I used to think about that my little, when my kids were really little and now I'm like, oh my God, that was incredible advice. I try as much as possible to be there for all of those little moments. And it, sometimes it means that I have to work at odd times at late at night. That's the trade-off to getting to work and to raise my family. Yeah. What a wonderful, it it can be tough because it's like you said, they're long days, but in return you get to, you don't have to miss some of those moments. So that's, that's really special. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. What does a normal day look like for you? It's usually, it's varied up a little bit lately, but I'm up very early working and then I make breakfast and get the kids like dressed, take them to school or to camp. And then I try to exercise. That is one thing that as I've realized my, the, if I exercise, I sleep like a baby at night. And if I don't exercise, I just, I don't know. I, I've somehow been able to connect this, at least for me. So I do Pilates or I hike and then I work for five hours in the middle of the day usually six hours. And then I either pick up my kids, shuttle them around to do errands, work a little bit more, make dinner, 
and then get them sort of like settled to bed and then work some more. <laughs> but you know, oh I, when do you sleep, Catherine? <laughs> no, sleep is, you know, I, the trade-off is I probably don't get to watch as many shows as I'd like, but I definitely, I think that, you know, also my girlfriends are very important to me, finding time to be with friends either one night a week having dinner out, or I like to, I, I, you know, I saw something recently that really resonated with me, this idea that you don't have to go out to eat to see friends. Like you don't have to spend the money on like food. That's not that great. And like alcohol or whatever it is. And, but to do things like run errands together, to go hike, to play tennis. So I think that more and more, I, th- I look at those type of activities with friends and even with my, uh, my kids, that's like the way that I like to spend my time. I love that. That's so cool because it's very true. Most people just immediately say, oh, I want to get together with a girlfriend. So we need to go to brunch or dinner or happy hour or whatever it is. And it doesn't need to be that way. That's so cool. Yeah. I I love that. Trying to like take these little nuggets. Oh gosh. And Catherine, like what mom hack do you think every mom should know? I mean, this is a digital one, but I, I think that like in my daily life, it's always knowing the like numbers of everything and a different, like what's their TSA number? What's the, so I, I keep files and files of like their different cards, pictures of things, the doctors, everything is very digital to me. So when I'm trying to like keep track of like those kind of hacks, so that's that lately, that's been one of them for me. How do you file all of this digitally? Everything is in notes for like notes on your phone. I keep a record of every single doctor's appointment with each child. So because I like their immunizations, things like that, because I feel like there's just, especially the more children you have, there's just a lot to keep track of. And so I, I try to like, I always just like write it down digitally so that I can refer to it very quickly. Oh, it's so true. I always say, if I do not write this down, it will leave my brain as quickly as it entered. So let me do that. And then my other mom hack, and this is food related. I I don't know who decided lunches should be made in the morning. It's all about (laughs) making lunch at night because then I feel like you can spend more time with your family in the morning and not feel as stressed. It's just like pull it out of the refrigerator right in the bag opposed to like, I have to wake up and make breakfast and lunch right now. That's a terrible idea. That's a horrible idea. Oh gosh. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And Catherine, if you could give moms just one piece of advice, what would that be? The advice is do not be so tough on yourself. I think mothers beat themselves up for this like unattainable perfection that they somehow see on social media or among like FOMO amongst being with your friend, like just like you are doing an awesome job. If you are being your authentic, real self, I say this often to my children, like you can, the same words can be coming out of your mouth, but just like change the tone. So like just being calm to yourself, be kind. You can still have all of your feelings and thoughts, but like, it's going to be okay. And mealtime's going to be okay. And you're doing your best. So that's probably the, the best advice given to me. And I'd give to others. I love that. You're doing better than you think, mama. I love that. Yes, absolutely. And do you have any final thoughts? We'd love to hear about your newest book. So please tell us about that. But anything else also that you like to leave our audience, please share with us. 
Well, I mean, meal prep magic is very dear to my heart because of the fact that I I learned something about myself a few years ago, which is when when I have organization in my home especially, then I feel more calm. I mean, the first line is every time I open my refrigerator, it's a reminder of how effed up my life is. I read that and I laughed. I was like, valid point. Yes. (laughs) It's full. It's a disaster. There's half open. You're just like, oh. So the book really is about if you have a kitchen that is organized, you know, like remove everything, donate what you don't need, give it away. But organize it, the acronym for the book, by the way, is Pope. So purge is the first one. Organize is the second. Get it looking nice. Get it streamlined. Think of your kitchen, that you are a chef in a restaurant. Your your kitchen is a restaurant. And then it's prep. So meal prep is the P. And then execute is E, which is you're actually cooking. So, you know, if you have lots of foods and simple foods, that creamy chia pudding, those overnight oats, um, like things like that at the ready, you're going to be more calm. You're going to feel more confident. Just having a few things in your arsenal that, you know, when then people, your, your spouse, your partner leans in and goes, wow, this is delicious because that's the stuff that's so gratifying. So I hope that people take, you know, meal prep magic and it empowers them to know that they can do it. And there's so many like hacks and tricks and tips throughout the book that are super helpful. Oh, I know. When I was going through it, I was like, oh, this is so good. Yes, I really, I did appreciate that it was organized, like you said, purge and uh, the Pope and execute, but also at the back. Oh my gosh, your whole month of meal prep and the recipe list of everything. Like she literally organized your meal prep for the whole month, which is so cool. And I was like, mm, these zippy fish tacos, this mushroom spinach enchiladas. I mean, obviously, I, I, it's apparent that I like Mexican food. I am from South Texas, <laughs> but I was like, these look so yummy. So it was just, it was really helpful. It was like, here's how to get things a lot more organized, make you feel less stressed with the whole process. Here's how, if you don't even know where to start with all of these recipes, how to organize it for your month. And here's your recipe list. So thank you for that, Catherine. That was so helpful. <laughs> Someone's got to do it for us. We can't do everything <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, that's, I'm here for you. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I, I have the greatest job in the world because I actually get to cook all day and test th- different things out on my family and hopefully things that other people will enjoy as much. Yes. Well, we obviously are. So, thank you for all of that. <laughs> and now, Catherine, where can our listeners find you? Yes, everywhere, all social media at Wheelicious. So, Anywhere you you have a social media account at Wheelicious. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time, Catherine. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed our conversation and just having you on our show. We so appreciate it. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Of course. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Catherine, you can find her, as she said, online and everywhere on social media at Wheelicious. And our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to less stress in the kitchen.